Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started with another great edition of the Duke's Wrestling Podcast, I do want to let you know, Zencaster.com. That's right, Zencaster.com. They are, without a doubt, my favorite website to head over to for all of these great conversations that you hear on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Superior quality in sound. Also, they have a great uh, video option as well if you need to record your videos. But the best part about it is the files are all split separately into MP3s. So you can edit them separately, you can put them together, do whatever you got to do. The main idea is Zencaster, Zencaster.com, that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, for all of your podcasting, video conferencing, even if you just want to uh, have a great conversation with your loved ones. All your needs there online for communication, Zencaster has you covered. That's right. Locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. My brothers, my sisters, non-binary extraterrestrials welcome back welcome back to duke loves wrestling the show about pro wrestling and everything else let me tell you something i have plenty to say today i'm gonna be talking about hip-hop albums uh, a specific hip-hop album that is affiliated with a e w what (laughs) what yeah, I want to be talking about that. Everybody's been asking my opinion, and, you know, I, I tried to be measured and take my time and really digest it and let more information come out because, you know, Mark Henry, Mark Henry has those those lawyers from Harvard. So, you know, I want to make sure that um, when I finally made a full statement about this thing that I considered the lawyers from Harvard, whatever. Anyways, I am absolutely going to get into that, but before I do, I got a great conversation with the one, the only, Mr. R.J. O'Sullivan. Check this out. Hi, I'm R.J. O'Sullivan. I am a uh, screenwriter, filmmaker. I single-handedly kept a complete generation of children off meth cocaine when I worked for The More You Know. NBC public service announcement. And I am now a novelist who has just published a book entitled Jamie Whistler Plays Out of the Park Baseball because it's the only thing that matters. It's available wherever ebooks are sold. That includes the evil empire Amazon. Duke, it's great to be here with you. Well, RJ, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on, man. And and this is really fun because one of the biggest misconceptions, and it's been around forever is that pro wrestler pro wrestling fans are just these these weirdo nerds who you know they don't really contribute anything else to society they're just kind of in their mom's basement eating 
cheese and, and going, hmm, 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 you know, that, that sort of derogatory nonsense there. And for me, people are always surprised when they find out I'm a pro wrestling fan if they, didn't, if they don't know me. Because I always lead with that. I'm, I'm, I'm very open about my fandom. Um, and I'm involved in a lot of different things. So, so to hear you introduce yourself and talk about all of the things or, you know, a snapshot of the things that you're involved in and the stuff that you take pride in, it's very interesting to hear because, and oh, by the way, this guy is a lifelong pro wrestling fan in addition to that. So kudos to you, brother. That's, that's good stuff, man. Well, I mean, you realize I am in my mother's basement at this moment eating cheese. So I'm now you're eating cheese, but the, but but I know that you're you're kind of under the weather. So don't you know that cheese will you know you'll you'll develop a little extra phlegm? Like RJ, you do, do you're hustling backwards, brother. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's it's <laughs> not uh, it's it's medicinal cheese. I mean, that's the important thing. It's 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 prescribed by a doctor and I uh, got a note from a shaman. So it's all cool. got it. So so it has some of that extra mold, that extra penicillin in there just to give you, you know, a, a quick boost while you're getting over whatever you're getting over. Right. It's it's antibiotic of the gods. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so I, I want to jump into something. Um, and, and of course, we'll talk a little wrestling in a moment, but I want to jump into something here because. The more you know, if people really think about it, they, they know exactly what you're talking about. Give me a little bit more background on what that was and, and specifically how you contributed to that. Uh, well, I crafted a series of public service announcements in the early 2000s. I wrote uh, PSAs for people like Christopher Maloney from Law & Order, uh, David Schwimmer from Friends, and uh, a little country gentleman by the name of Donald Trump. And uh, I don't uh, normally advertise that, but you know, uh, the irony of the situation being what it is, it, it, it's worth mentioning. So, uh, you know, there were nice little, you know, 30 second spots that encouraged people not to glue their brother and sister to the wall or eat Tide Pods or whatever was happening in the country at that time. And I like to think that uh, in some small way, it, uh, it helped keep the fabric of America intact. Well, first of all, the, the Chris Marloni um, reel is one that still plays to this day. Yeah. So there's a little bit of irony in that. That might be the most popular, the more you know public service. announcement. first of all, it, it wasn't presented like a public service announcement. It looked like just kind of a cool commercial. And because you were using stars to deliver the message, it landed a lot easier. It was it was it was a little easier to consume than, say, something that's beating you over the head. Hey, say no to drugs. OK, you know, some some kind of stuff like that. So very clever spots. And I don't begrudge the, the Trump spot because, you know, for all of his his warts and certainly Donald Trump is, is just one big wart, uh, in my <laughs> humble opinion here. Uh, he is known for being a guy that really doesn't do any drugs. And I don't even think he, he drinks for the most part. He, he's known for being a straight edge guy, right? Well, he's, he's high on himself. That is the one thing he is completely and utterly addicted to. So. There it is. So, so CM Punk, you take that. Okay, <laughs> Donald Trump is the real straight edger out there, Jack. And he's been doing it before you were born, son. 
Yeah, I'm going to get a little bit of heat for that, RJ, and you are too, just so you know. Well, well, I, I think I actually, I think Punk may have, you know, shaved Trump's head at one point, like he did Serena Deeb, and it didn't didn't quite grow back right. So nice, nice. So he has something over him for sure. So and, and the more you know, now what company is that? I, I was that an NBC thing? Yeah, that's uh, NBC. I actually. Uh, I hung around there for a while and uh, worked in the di- digital division, what is now known as Cozy TV. So uh, some very interesting things went on there. Uh, we, we wound up having meetings in hallways and, you know, Keith Olbermann used to stare at me around the hallway, looking at me like I stole something. And I, it, it wasn't a good fit, but uh, it was an interesting time. Now, what's interesting about Cozy TV, they, they've kind of taken over for here in Boston. We had a channel called Channel 68, which would show reruns of Matlock and the Beverly Hillbillies and, and, and things like that. Uh, it was it was programming that was really geared toward an elder crowd. So, of course, my grandma, she would always have Channel 68 on Cozy TV in the modern time. And I'm not sure if this was the case when you were there as it was transitioning, but in the modern time, it's kind of taken over for 68. So it is that channel that has that type of murder. She wrote and and that type of elder programming um, trying to capture that audience there. Was it, was it cozy before you left or were you kind of overseeing the transition? It was actually, you know, when we, uh, we had the digital switch over and all the UHF channels, VHF channels turned into these, you know, series of uh, additional uh, frequencies that every every station was assigned to by the FCC, and uh, they had like all all this you know unused uh, the, you know uh, bandwidth that they needed to put programming on. So they just started, uh, you know, it was kind of like the Wild West again. It was sort of cable TV in the Ted Turner days, and they really didn't know what they were doing at the time, and and they had me out scouting an Applebee's, you know, downtown, uh, looking for a location for uh, a, a DJ who was on WOR radio, a guy by, by the name of Joey Reynolds. And they were gonna, gonna put him up in Applebee's and have him overlooking, you know, New York City and, and, and trot out like, you know, has been guessed the way, uh, the way uh, Joe Franklin did for so many years on Channel 9. And, uh, that was going to be their production model. They had different channels in New York and Chicago, and it was, I think it was called the nonstop network. And uh, that gradually uh, morphed into cozy TV because, you know, nobody knew what to put on the air and not, you know, like five people were watching. So they started running the nanny, you know, 24 hours a day. And, you know, everybody who loves, you know, Fran Drescher's voice, you know, ate that up. My, my mom, loves to watch that show over and over again she does uh nanny binge watching nonstop. so uh so yeah that's that's kind of what happened it was a case of you know just finding out what the niche was and uh they they turned into you know old school tv land and it seems to be uh drawing some numbers for them you know that's that's so funny and, and you mentioned fran dresser uh the nanny which legitimately there, for a period of time, she was the, the number one star on television, especially uh, sitcom television there. I just found out within the past few years, she was married to this guy, Shiva, 
who still lives in Massachusetts and he's always running for office, always losing. He's an interesting guy, but he claims that he's the one who invented email. Really? So there's a little trivia for you there. And, and you know what? He, he could be right. I'm not, I'm not saying that the guy is wrong, but it's just kind of an interesting uh, thing that he touts himself as the creator of email. And at one point he was married to Fran Drescher. Imagine well, that. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense. I mean, listening to that voice all day. I mean, here's a guy who's thinking, hey, if there's just some way to communicate with people without talking. <laughs> you're going you're to get me pulled here, aren't you? <laughs> and what's, this, no, what's love- this about Cardi B? She might be doing the, the reboot of The Nanny. Can you imagine that? Oh, that 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 would work. Yeah. 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 You know, the two peas in a pod there. I, I can see it. And you know what? I may even tune in and watch it just to see what will happen there. You never know. But it's, it's again, this is interesting because I want to just remind everybody we're wrestling fans. Yeah. Right. So wrestling fans come in all shapes and sizes and all uh, abilities, interests, you know, outside of just pro wrestling. Here's a guy in RJ who legitimately is a television and production guy. He is a behind the scenes person who has made a lot of things uh, go around and successfully. I mean, we're talking about major PSAs and with, with major stars. We're talking about ducking, keep Olverman, which, you know, Keith, he's, he's bounced around between ESPN and, and, and MSNBC and NBC. And he's a, he's a, a guy that knows how to polarize <laughs> no matter where he is. So I'm not surprised that uh, Keith had an eye on you. He's probably trying to figure out a way that he could rough you up, right? Keith, Keith, uh, I think, was looking to rough somebody up that day. And, uh, <laughs> and he was looking at me. Uh, he was sizing me up. He didn't uh. he take me or not. And I, I gave him one of those. I may be a serial killer or I may be your mama's new boyfriend look. Good. And the next thing you know, the guy is like, you know, jumping between jobs again. He's well, like, should I go back to ESPN? Should I go to MSNBC? I don't know. Where was now? Did he? He might have had a had a stint at CNN for like a cup of coffee. I think he was. He went somewhere, and it literally lasted for like a month or two. And it was just like, get this guy out of here! Oh my god. You know, Oberman's an interesting guy. He's and what's funny is I bet in his mind, he's not the problem. You know, so there's there's got to be he should have his own network just so it could just be Oberman 24 seven. And that way he doesn't have to worry about getting kicked out ever again. He needs to get him one of those YouTube channels. There it is. The the kids love those. You can get on there. You can influence things. He can sell track shoes. He can. uh, you know, grandma's homemade lemonade, whatever he wants to, wants to hot. And you can complain about anybody who abuses animals, because I know that that's a, a thing that Keith is very serious about. And yeah. unlike uh, Bob Barker, who would just focus on, hey, make sure your 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 animals are, are sprayed and neutered and, and take care of them, adopt them, what have you. Oberman is, is on the other side where it's like, I will kill you if you hurt an animal. So, you know, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. One, one of his most interesting rants, uh, I thought, was the one where he uh, he pinpointed why Donald Trump kept, you know, using the phrase you know, dog in every 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 comment. It's like, you know, I, I he's feuding with Rosie O'Donnell. She's a dog, you know, and, and it, he, he pinpointed 
you know, his theory that Donald Trump had never owned or petted an actual dog in his life. And you can look it up on YouTube. It's, uh, I think he, uh, he hits it. It's spot on. Shout out to Keith Overman. I know you're going to hear this, Keith, and you're probably thinking, do I have to kick this guy's ass? Just so you know, Keith, I can run much faster than you can. You're getting up there in age. So um, you'll have to catch me first. And I don't know if you can actually kick my ass or not, but you got to catch me first, Keith. So just keep that in mind as you're, as you're stewing over all the interesting things we just said about you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him I, uh, I, I, I stole the last muffin in the conference. Room. <laughs> well, that's definitely going to get me canceled. Okay. That's good to know. All right. So <laughs> we're batting a thousand here, RJ. Let's, let's keep the show going here. Now you wrote a book. I did write a book. With, you wrote a book. And, and I, I was, you know, I just want to say, cause I've, I don't know how I've gotten into this place in life, but for some reason over the past 12 months in particular, I have interviewed, jeez, I've interviewed at least two authors per month for the past year. So, you know, I, I think my official count at this point, I think you're number 31, technically. Um, for some reason, all of you authors keep showing up on my platforms and it really irritates me because I would love to write a book someday. But when I see some of the work that you folks churn out, I say to myself, well, you know, I, I can't do that. So, <laughs> so talk to me about this book because it actually has a political spin to it, which is why you and I have heat because I wanted to be the first wrestling fan to write a political book and you've already beat me to it. Well, I, I mean, Ole Anderson wrote, wrote a political book, but it's, it's the other kind of politics. Uh, it is actually a, uh, a baseball book, uh, if you want to get technical about it, with science fiction elements that just happens to deal with kidnapping a million QAnon supporters and, uh, and Donald Trump himself. So uh, it, it's hard to categorize exactly what it is. Is it a satire with sports elements? Is it a... Uh, is it a, a uh, uh, an essay on uh, on where we are as a country, or is it just complete and utter folly? I don't know, but uh, it's definitely a book for its time. It's Forrest Gump in reverse, and uh, I poured my heart and soul into it for at least uh, three weeks, and uh, it uh, it's out. And uh, if you want to buy it, go to Amazon and uh, and enjoy it, kids. So tell me the name of the book again. It's Jamie Whistler plays out of the park baseball because it's the only thing that matters. So that's a, that's a very long title, RJ. So, so what's this all about? Are you just trying to, um, is this a way to, to attract as many people as possible with all those words in the, in the title? No, not at all. I, uh, I, I wanted to make it as simple as possible because I believe if you throw, you know, 35 words into a title, people will be forced to stop, pay attention, and study what's going on. I mean, if, you, if I just named the book In Cold Blood, I mean, is that a Truman Capote novel or is it a Steven Seagal movie? You don't know. But with Jamie Whistler plays out of the park baseball because it's the only thing that matters. That's like two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. That's like... Uh, uh, Martini and Rossi Asti Spumanti or Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. 
this is something that has to be savored. You have to swish it around in your mouth. You have to spit it out. You have to lick it up again and do it all over. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You're like a mad scientist. I'm starting to understand something about you. And, and this, you know, obviously you and I have interacted um, off and on through the years here, but it's like, you may be onto something here, RJ. So, so I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. And I, I do wonder, are you a guy that believes in extraterrestrials? I mean, do you think that there's someone, other life forms out there? I, I am not willing to bet against it. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not betting the house on it either. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think anything that we have been uh, privy to is is necessarily the whole story. I don't know if they're aliens. I don't know if they're, uh, you know, time travelers from the future who have evolved into these giant gray alien beings, and they're coming back to, if not warn us of our own destruction and, you know, certainly coming back to win the lottery. But I think there could be aliens. And you you mentioned Cardi B earlier. I I think she may be from a superior race of uh, people from the Pleiades. You know, I I never really considered that, but you may be onto something because one thing about Cardi B is like, she's actually a genius and, you know, she, she's figured out a way to get people to take her, not as seriously as we should. And that's how she's been able to, to navigate all of these interesting waters, you know, reality TV, which should have killed her career. And, and instead she was able to, to benefit from it. She is a, a uh, award-winning hip hop artist, which should have, that should have been the end of it, but she was able to flip that into so many endorsements. And now we're talking about her being on a TV show. You're absolutely right. She, she probably is from another galaxy. And she's using her superior intellect to just completely run circles around the rest of us. I, I can I can oh, see that being well, a thing. Bernie Sanders took her seriously, so so that's true. Uh, very that's true. Points in my book. Very true. Very true. And you know, Bernie, he, he's always right, so that doesn't surprise me one bit. But uh, I'll tell you this: I got a theory on this thing here, RJ. So let, let, let me see if this uh, makes sense to you. I think what we call asteroids. And and space rocks and all this other nonsense. I think these things are either extraterrestrial spaceships or probes. So just like our satellites that we have throughout the galaxy, you know, it's floating around. Um, there's this one in particular that has completely left our galaxy. and It's somewhere else. And it's still beaming back information to us about things that it sees or, or it's measuring things. It's it's listening and doing all this interesting stuff here. What if these these things that keep falling down to earth and that people collect and touch and all this stuff? What if that is actually the spaceship? Now that's that's interesting. I mean, we're talking organic material, or are we talking? Are they? Uh, is this some sort of? Did the, did the spaceship? You know, is it debris or is no? It, uh, what if it is the it... actual ship? So what if we look at it and just say, "Oh, that's a rock," but it's like a Trojan horse. It's a Trojan horse. It, this this trying to invade our space in order to gain knowledge on the human race. You never know, man. I'm telling you, I can see it. And in fact, if I were to create something to go somewhere else, I would make it as inconspicuous as possible. What better way to do that than 
a rock. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that you don't even see coming. It's like, okay, it's a rock, big deal. Meanwhile, it is uh, advanced and, and technologically has things going on that it's able to be more like a, an Alexa from, from uh, you know, Amazon or something where it's literally listening to everything that you're saying and, and it's recording it uh, okay, and processing so, it. Uh-oh. So here's the thing. Uh-oh. Once upon a time, I was the video director for the International Stone Institute. This is a, a worldwide trade organization that uh, they basically uh, trained people in the stone, marble, and tile industries. What if these aliens are working in consort with the International Stone Institute? And every time someone puts a marble countertop in their home, what they're actually doing is spying on the citizens of the world. No, so I feel like this is one of those things where like the, the criminal mastermind and instead of just getting away with it, they they want to tell the the uh, supposed hero of the story all of their plans. Like, this is what I'm doing. And, and it's because of this, Mr. Bond. So like you just told me uh, all the, the, the master plan of these extraterrestrials. OK, they're, they're in they're in the rocks. They're in the stone. You know, our, our countertops, uh, you know, the islands that we have in, in our, our kitchens and what have you, some of our floors, like it's it's all in there. And, and, and not only that, you are one of the main people behind all of this. I, that didn't go over my head, Arjun. So is, is this you just I, I, trying to admit it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not confessing anything. I, okay. I haven't been associated with the International Stone Institute in at least 15 years. It's, it's nothing that that I would... Uh, I would. Uh, oh, hell, you got me. What are the odds that I would bring up rocks and things like that? And you have the kind of background that you have. What are the odds of that? It's, it's, I don't know. It's like you, you've been in investigating me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kojak and you can find me on Cozy TV. <laughs> this is no, this is I, ridiculous. I, I don't know. If we, I don't know if we should be talking about this on the air. I mean, we. Uh, may just want to shell this and take it straight to a Netflix pitch because I'm telling you, man, this is, this is like, this is major stuff here. This is war of the world. Three seasons out of this. Nev Campbell is back, baby. She could leave this. (laughs) People are going to be listening to this. and They're going to say, what the hell are these guys getting to, man? They're just, they're just going places, huh? (laughs) But I'm, I'm, I'm completely gooped up on cough medicine i'm drinking a scissor right now i'm bieber back you know 10 years ago nice nice problem is duke i think you just you're just a troublemaker well you know i was out there shoveling over a foot of snow so you know i'm I'm a little lightheaded Uh, i'm I'm trying to drink some tea what's that yeah yeah there you go yeah I, I might need one of those remember those those oxygen bars where you could go and put the thing up your nose and it would be all multicolored and stuff. And they would say, Oh, you just breathe oxygen. Like it, like you don't already get that for free. Um, remember those things a couple of years yeah, back? Yeah. That, that, that sounds an awful lot like the reality star who was uh, selling her farts in a jar and then had a heart attack. Did you see that? Yeah. Had a heart yeah. attack over it. Now I remember that young lady because I, we used to watch the show, you know, my bodyguard and I, uh, we would watch that show that she was on, which I think was, um, 
90 Day Fiance. And it was interesting. She she went across the world to be with this woman. And in the end, she she was awful to the woman. And it just didn't work out. And now come to find out that she's out here farting in jars and selling it to people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, that uh, that should be like a Hallmark Christmas movie right there. Pretty much. I mean, instead much. of, you know, Danica McKellar going home to bake cookies with her high school school boyfriend, you know, she could just, you know, be on an assembly line, you know, squatting on mason jars. But how could that give you a heart attack? I'm very confused about it. Like, was this artificial yeah. or something? Did she try I, to I stimulate this, yeah, this whole ability? Was, the energy drinks, I think, was probably the big thing. I don't know. She was just probably mixing in with, you know, Robitussin. Huh. The, uh, okay. Dextromethorphine, I think, uh, she, is what what kills you. She couldn't. She couldn't just eat, you know, beans or something like normal people. She has to go out here right. and, and and push it to the limit, huh? Yeah, right. Hollywood. What can you say? I know. I know. And, and people say that pro wrestling is crazy. I think that is just completely baffling. I'm like, I'm very curious about how a person can fart so much that they have a heart attack. Like that's yeah, you, that's you, impressive. You never hear stories of you know Jerry Jarrett selling farts in a jar. <laughs> well, he's missing out clearly. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> this is a whole new new uh, market here. Jeez. Jeez, Jerry Lawler would have been like, "Hey, man, where's my fifty percent of those?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Seriously missing out so so what's the story here rj because you're a tv guy so i'm not going to ask you a normal wrestling question i'm going to get into the thing that is going to completely piss off people if we haven't brought them there yet uh tv ratings okay right. I, it's a sham i've been discussing it for for years now that this, this whole nielsen thing does it make sense it, it never was accurate and you know they lost their accreditation over the past year for that same reason, because they're just, they're undercounting black and brown households. They, they can't measure people out when they're outside their home as they claim that they'd be able to. There's just a lot of issues there that have come to light that have been proven that, yeah, this thing is not accurate yet. Networks and companies are still relying on their data that comes out every single day, despite the fact that they know it's inaccurate. Does that even make sense? It doesn't. I mean, I've always thought that the Nielsen ratings uh, were wonky and they're now they're wonky and antiquated at the same time. I mean, we have, you know, better ways of metering what people are doing. I mean, look at uh, look at Facebook, look at Netflix. They have algorithms that can precisely gauge exactly what's going down. And, you know, Netflix is a company that doesn't like to share that information and, and it pisses off a lot of people trying to, you know, bring financing to projects. But I, I understand why you would want to keep that close to the best. I mean, they have a system, I think, that is, you know, far better than what Nielsen has provided over the years. And and I think if uh, if we wanted to get serious about uh, about what people are watching and seeing, uh, you would need to uh, get people in the car in terms of you know providing their information i think a lot of people are a little nervous about that i mean you know half the population seems to think that bill gates is is putting uh tracking devices in their arms when they go for a vaccine as opposed to the tracking device they're holding in their hands when they're calling their grandma on the phone and uh 
I, I just think there are better ways of, of, of gauging what people are consuming. I agree 100%. And I, and I think that it's a racket. And unfortunately, there are companies that have absolutely profited and benefited from the racket. And then there, have, there are companies that have absolutely um, been misidentified and therefore they have lost a lot because of the racket. I mean, if you're using Nielsen ratings to determine what TV shows are successful and popular and what TV shows are not, that's ridiculous. Because if it's not accurate, then it's not a measure. Like you don't, you just don't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of mind boggling, but I, I just completely burned the bridge. You'll never be invited back into the TV industry. Um, I just destroyed that for you there, RJ. Yeah. Case sera, sera. <laughs> So, so, so what's happening now? What's the thing that makes you excited about, pro wrestling in 2022 if you could if you could pinpoint something that is like you know something this is what i i care to pay attention to this is what i am anticipating is going to continue to entertain me this is the stuff right here for me what would you say if you could narrow it down to one thing it's not so much that i'm in love with what the product is right now but i i like tuning into a AEW because it provides you know something to talk about I mean there's always going to be something happening that is either really really good or really really bad and uh, I, I like a lot of what they've done I think Tony Khan is is growing and learning I think he's uh, basically a good guy I mean it's it's you know, a lot of people say, well, you can't argue with success. And I'm like, what was he successful at? He, he was born into a rich family, but he's going out of his way not to be an asshole most of the time. And uh, he, he's legitimately, you know, experimenting and, and learning and developing his product. So I, I really enjoy AEW. I'm a longtime New Japan fan. I loved Ring of Honor. I spent many an hour in... Uh, at the Manhattan Center in New York, uh, Gary Juster would welcome me down with open arms. And I'm, I'm sorry to see them shut down the way they did. And, you know, it's interesting to watch uh, Vince McMahon. It's, it's, it's sad, you know, to see him on, uh, on TV rambling about, you know, eggs and pencils and whatnot. But, uh, you know, that, that template, that 1980s, sitcom template that they've been you know burning a hole in for the past 25 years it's it's just painful to watch and at the same time it's uh, it's like watching a train wreck it's it's kind of fun as long as you don't know the people in the train one of the things that i find most fascinating is that we all can watch the same thing and totally take away different stuff from it and I think that's one of the beauties of life is, you know, it's what's for me is not always for you. And what's for you is not always for me. And that's OK. So it's 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 really interesting that you say AEW is a thing that excites you and keeps you interested enough uh, for now, because quite frankly, they are trying to cater to you, RJ. So if they weren't hitting the mark with you, then that would probably be a problem. 
you know, because they they need you as a representation of their hardcore fan base. You're, you're not aged out yet, right? You're not over 50, are you? Let's not talk about the age. <laughs> well, you, well, you could be one of the, the, the extraterrestrials. So you could be actually like a thousand or a million or a light year, years old. Who knows? I don't know. This, is, this could be a problem here. Um, but generally speaking, I, I hear everything that you're saying and I understand it and it makes sense. For me, AEW is probably the worst wrestling on TV. And not because they don't have potential and not because they don't have talent. They, they just they have it coming out of their ears. I just don't like the way that Tony Khan is managing what he has because he's not giving us what he initially promised. You know, you market one thing in order to get me interested and then you give me something else. I mean, that's that's a bait and switch for me. But. On the flip side, WWE is as weird as Vince McMahon looks at this point. You know, when people have that plastic surgery, they start looking like a, a feline or something. Like, I don't know. They got that That's little thing. thing. Yeah, the Mickey Rourke thing. Um, or Zsa Zsa Gabor. You can even go back in time. Again, I'm trying to date your age here. Um, but it's this this weird face that they have. They look like they look like Jack Nicholson in Batman when he when he's a joker. Um, Vince is kind of he's there. And that's a little weird. And when he speaks, he does sound a little incoherent, which is kind of weird. Um, but I generally enjoy the product. I mean, maybe it's because there's so much and there's something for everyone. I like what they're churning out. And I like the direction that they've been going in the last four or five years because it's far more diverse. And there is some type of you can tell there's a feeder for young talent. There's, there's definitely young people coming up the ranks. So that's interesting to me as well. So I, I, I like what they're doing. And I wish AEW would give me a little bit more of that. But they're not catering to me. If the entire show was Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, I would be right there with you. Sure. The, the Hurt Business, I thought Bobby Lashley, MVP, uh, uh, Cedric Alexander, and uh, Sheldon Benjamin, I thought they were the best version of the four horsemen since the original i mean that that's the god's honest truth there but uh there's just so much templated material on those shows that looks like you know porn without the sex i mean they're standing there in these ridiculous master shots not acknowledging the cameraman and it it just feels like you know a high school production of you know whatever it's it's uh they're not standing there in the master shot because they studied a woody allen movie they're it's 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 somebody watched you know debbie does the football team too many times and i think kevin dunn that's you buddy Uh, is this a bad time to let you know that vincent kennedy mcmahon is a is a close personal friend of mine (laughs) this is the best time in the world Okay, because, you know, you talk about Kevin Dunn and, you know, you know, Vince is very sensitive about his Kevin. So, you know, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I I can like people and and hate their friends and vice versa. And and I don't have anything. I don't have anything personally against Vince McMahon. I think if we sat down, I I could help him with, you know, his drooling or, uh, you know, help him find his egg or whatever he needs done that day. But uh no, but he's putting out a crap product. I've, I've hated it for the past 20 years, except, you know, when 
in spots where they, you know, slipped on a banana peeling and had to actually listen to what their audience wanted, you know, the Daniel Bryan storyline and such, but uh, it's, it's bad TV. It's bad wrestling. I've been a wrestling fan since 1974. I've seen every promotion, you know, in existence during that time and it's it's i've seen bad sitcoms i've seen saved by the bell i've seen you know boy meets world and uh they're they're doing a bad combination of those two things it's, and it's neither good bad sitcom nor good pro wrestling so honest opinion oh, rj sullivan is the kind of guy that just uh doesn't hold back so keep that in mind ladies and gentlemen when you send him your hate mail um, he may respond as sharp as he initially did to piss you off. So just keep that in mind. That's right. I mean, we, can, we, can, we can pile on. I mean, you know, pro choice. I, I voted for Bernie Sanders twice. Nice. And, uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I love the Atlanta Braves. I don't care if they change their nickname or not. <laughs> kind of thing. You're just going all the way down, man. I'm telling you, we, we started up so high and, I don't know. We're, we're ending in an interesting space. So this is a perfect time for you to plug all of your social media. What's the best way that people can uh, keep up with you? And, and more importantly, after they read your book, what's, what's the best way that they can complain to you about some of the things that you have in there? Uh, you can hit me up at uh, realmstudios.com. You can send the hate letters there. Please uh, keep the pipe bombs to a minimum. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, at RJO Realm. Just uh, type that in. You should be able to find it anywhere. And uh, I'll be uh, standing out on the street uh, later if you want to drive by and throw something at me. So That's good stuff. You know, before I let you go, RJ, I got to ask you here because you have an interesting last name. O. Sullivan. Yeah. Not Sullivan. Not O, but O. Sullivan. So what is this all about? Is this is this Irish? Yeah, it's 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 very Irish. It means of the Sullivan clan. It's, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I got to test you. I heard you were Irish. I, I was going to say I got to test your street cred here, RJ, because you know I am Irish. Um, you know I, I have a, a pretty. I'm almost, I'm almost a full third Irish, by the way. So I'm not just Irish. I'm like very Irish. Just so you yeah. know. So it's like I got I got credibility. With the Irish folk here, I'm in Boston, and you know that we have a large Irish population. So, and and I've I've met some of my cousins from back home. So I got to test you out here. <clears throat> you ready? Oh, is it gonna is it gonna be Dropkick Murphy's lyrics or something? No, 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 no. That's listen. We don't do that commercialized stuff. We go right. we go for the All real right. stuff. Okay, I'm All not right. one of these. Just, just keep in mind, even though I'm of Irish descent, I'm also a filthy redneck hillbilly. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's like a that's an interesting combination, you know. So you, I'm sure you can sing all the, the lyrics to Boot Scoot and Boogie, um, but let's see if you know this one. All right, <clears throat> hold on, me 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 me. You know, I got to get my singing voice together here. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Well, it's all for me grog, me jolly jolly grog, all for me beer and tobacco. For I spent all my tin on the lassies drinking gin. From across the western ocean, I must wander. Tell me you know that song. Well, I do now. All right, RJ. You're not, I don't know, man. You, you, you just lost all the credibility. I have a very yeah. high population of Irish listeners, and literally in Ireland, 
okay, this is this is not a joke. Shout out to Shannon, who is a uh, very good friend of mine. Happy New Year to Shannon and, and, and you know, the whole family over there. They're going to be very disappointed that you didn't know all for me, Grog. Okay. Uh, half, the, half the country's name, Shannon. You could be making that up to <laughs> So wait a second. Is this is this the way that you're going to handle this here? You're going to you're going to try to flip it back on me now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. How come you don't know that that that's a that's a great ditty that you don't know. What's what's going on here? I'm apparently the worst Irishman alive, but I do consume large amounts of alcohol. So I, oh. I think that makes up for it. Yeah, I guess six in one, half a dozen in another. It is what it is. Now, do you know that? In Ireland, they have some of the best Chinese food in the world. Were you aware of this? Well, yeah, because uh, Marco Polo was a leprechaun. Okay. Well, there it is. Okay. You learn something new every day, folks. I, I don't know how that connects, but I don't want to admit that I don't know because then I'm going to feel like, you know, I, I don't know something. You know, as a man, we can't have that. So, yes, RJ, I, yes, he, I get he it. He invented makes sense. spaghetti. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. He invented spaghetti, not the Chinese. Marco Polo did. That's right. It makes sense. It makes I love sense. peanut butter sandwiches. I mean, I celebrate George Washington Carver. That's what I do. Nice. Nice. Well, RJ, I got to tell you, man, this was by far one of the strangest interviews we've ever had on Duke Loves Wrestling. Um, but the interesting part about it is, hey, I've had literal astrobiologists on this show. Okay. So it's it's not completely out of the realm. Uh, hint, hint, realm. Um, right. In fact, you know, Dr. Lucianne Wachowicz, she is someone, if, if you've ever seen those documentaries on Discovery Networks or like, you know, History Channel or something where they're talking about space travel and, and colonizing Mars and things like that. She's always on those things. If if the aliens touch down today, she's the one that they're going to call to communicate with. Just so you know. Yeah. Does she know wrestling, though? Well, I, I did ask her. I did ask her because I, I let her know that, you know, the WWE has a universal championship. And I asked her um, how she felt about the championship being defended like somewhere else in the universe. And she explained to me that everyone keeps looking for like these these human sized uh, extraterrestrials. And what we don't realize is that they're probably just like tiny little microbes in terms of life on other planets. So, you know, you may think that you're going to have this big fight with this microbe, but in actuality, it's going to be a little different because they're so small, you won't even be able to see them, but they might actually attack you in different ways. See that? Uh, so, so it's like like Bill Dundee. <laughs> Don't you talk about uh, Bobby Eaton's uh, father-in-law that way. How dare you? Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> He's a superstar, Sorry, damn it. <laughs> His name is RJ O'Sullivan. He is my Irish cousin. He is an author. He is one of the guys behind Realms Studios. And he is Keith Oberman's arch nemesis. Thank you, RJ, for joining us on Duke Loves Wrestling. Duke, it was a pleasure. Great stuff there by RJ O'Sullivan. Good guy. You know, he is one of my, my long lost Irish cousins. I'm convinced of it. I mean, we, we even look alike. Actually, we don't. But I'm going to tell you that we do because, you know, what, what do you know? <laughs> 
Good stuff there, RJ. I mean, we covered just about anything and everything and a whole lot in between. Really, really fun stuff there. Um, and I know RJ is going to be very concerned because I'm, I'm totally about to get canceled because I'm just going to say some things that's on my mind right now. And, well, you know what? Don't even fret. Let me say this to everybody out here. Do not fret, okay? My good buddy George, or as uh, you may know him, Pope Francis, he has announced this week he is completely against cancel culture, okay? This is a real thing. The Pope himself, who's a good friend of mine, my, my buddy George, Pope Francis, cancel culture is not something that he is giving a blessing to. Okay, he must have had a, a conversation with the, the, the great big G.O.D. And, you know, the end result of that is cancel culture does not get a blessing. So the way that I interpret this is that I have free reign to say whatever I feel and how I feel. And, you know, for those of you out there who partake in little cancel culture shenanigans are uh, good for you. But. You know what they say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Take that. That's right. I want to talk about this this hip-hop album. Mark Henry, <laughs> Mr. Meatball Sandwich Eater himself, Mark Henry, has announced that All Elite Wrestling is putting together a hip-hop compilation album. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the point here. Um... A lot of people who are involved in pro wrestling and music are going to be part of this album. You know, wrestlers, podcasters, music producers, the whole nine yards here. And Mark said that this hip hop album that AEW has uh, sanctioned and putting together here, it will be in celebration of Black History Month. Now, again, this is this is Mark Henry. Yes, the same Mark Henry who was on Busted Open Radio last week and spoke about how the systemic issues that Big Swole had brought to light as relates to all elite wrestling, how, um, you know, you, you can't believe everything you hear and you really got to, you know, you, you got to wait, man. You got to be careful with that because Big Swole didn't go to the lean on me. The lean on me schools that Mark Henry and the captain, the captain, not Captain Crunch, but the captain, Sean Dean, uh, Big Swole didn't go to the lean on me schools with Mark Henry, the meatball eater himself and the captain. So because Big Swole didn't go to the lean on me schools with the meatball eater, Mark Henry and the captain, uh, Mark Henry feels that, you know, you, you got to be careful. Because Tony Khan got a raw deal when, when Big Swole pointed out systemic issues happening in all elite wrestling, specifically the fact that there is not enough representation, especially for, for black folk behind the scenes in AEW. And as a result, there's a lot of things that slip through the cracks. And, you know, the, the, the actual representation, the, the way that black folk and even women in general of all races in AEW are featured in that company leaves a lot to be desired. I'm paraphrasing, but this is a, this is the, the spirit of what was stated, right? So <laughs> Mark Henry feels that if you don't go to the lean on me schools with him, 
when he says you should go, okay, when it's convenient for him, then obviously that means that you you're not really about representation and 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 diversity and be careful about using those words because you know if you don't show up when I tell you to show up to the things that I want to do then clearly you don't you don't you're not down with representation and diversity and there's no issue here there's no issue this is what Mark Henry said okay I'm telling you this is this is I'm translating what he said because um this came out of his uh meatball eating mouth so it's very interesting it's very interesting that he would sit up there and take the time to talk down on a military veteran who's also a mother and who, like the rest of us, has been living throughout a pandemic, a global pandemic over the past couple of years. But unlike most of the rest of us, she, Big Swole, has made it clear that you know, she has some health conditions that I believe puts her in the class of being immunocompromised, right? But Mark Henry, who has been in All Elite Wrestling during the duration of the pandemic era, for some reason, he feels if you don't show up to the lean on me schools with him during the pandemic, right? Instead of social distancing, he's going from school to school. And he's and, and, and Mark Henry is telling you that these are schools that everyone forgot about. And, you know, he he and the captain are able to help these schools turn around and all this other nonsense that Mark Henry's talking because Big Swole has not risked life and limb any further and gone to these schools with Mark Henry and the captain then that means that you got to be careful because, you know, don't talk about diversity and inclusion if you don't show up to the schools when Mark Henry wants you to show up to the schools. Again, Big Swole, the military veteran who gave her life to this country, the mother, uh, the woman who is immunocompromised and living through a pandemic. She needs to show up to schools when Mark Henry says she needs to do community service when it's convenient for him. And do it the way that he wants her to do it. And that is the way that she can validate her concerns about diversity and inclusion. This meatball sandwich eating mother lover, Mark Henry. That's what he said. Right. That's what he said. And Dave LaGreca was lapping it all up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Oh, just yes. Right, Mark. Oh, you, well, you know, Big Swole's a good friend of mine, too, Mark. Oh, but, you know, Tony Khan. You know, we love Tony Khan, too, Mark. Oh, that's Dave LaGreca, right? That's Dave LaGreca embarrassing everybody, including himself in those moments. So this is what you had there on Busted Open. And and this is just piling on top of Big Swole, who had the audacity to tell a company that she no longer wanted to continue doing business with them because it was interfering with her peace. Because there were some serious concerns that she had brought to light and the person who she brought them to, who she's supposed to speak to directly, Kenny Omega, uh, they were never on the same page. They butted heads often. They did not agree on the direction of the way things should go. And when she brought systemic issues to light to Tony Khan, 
uh, Tony's response in public was to trash her and tell her that, you know, and tell the world that Big Swole, they didn't feel that her, her quality of work was sufficient, wasn't good enough for all elite wrestling, right? And, and, and you had other people piling on, like the captain, <laughs> Sean Dean, and Willie Hobbs. You know, you had all these, these um, as I like to call them, in my opinion, shoe shiners and tap dancers, you know. And Mark Henry, of course, Mr. Meatball Eat Sandwich Eater with the Harvard lawyers. So their, their whole couple of weeks, I mean, the way that they ended 2021 and the way that they've entered 2022 has just been incredible. It's like a, a Chappelle show skit, but the, the difference is this actually doesn't make sense. So it's even worse than a Chappelle show skit. Okay. Shout out to who who said that to me when I said, this feels like Chappelle show. And, and you know, a good friend of mine said, well, it's not Chappelle show because it doesn't make sense, Duke. And I said, well, damn, you know, that's a good point. So instead of giving us more <laughs> women's wrestling content on their television programs, right? Featuring more than one women's match per week per episode of TV show. Instead of taking black male singles wrestlers. And featuring them within the AEW World Heavyweight Championship title hunt, you know, featuring them as top contenders, at least somewhere in the top five on a consistent basis, instead of giving us any of that, no, the meatball eater, Mark Henry himself, the mascot, right? The man makes the big announcement that all elite wrestling, is going to give us a hip-hop album to celebrate Black History Month. Are you kidding me? Who asked for this? Who wants this? Who needs this? We said equitable diversity. They said, nah, we're going to give you a hip-hop album. Oh, Listen, the Pope told me he does not bless cancel culture. Okay, so that means, uh, you know, Mark Henry and all of his Harvard lawyers, I'm not concerned about them. In fact, listen, I want you, everybody listening right now to contact Mark Henry's Harvard lawyers, because I know Mark's going to feel a way about this. Let them know that they're only a few stops away from where I'm at on the red line. Okay, Harvard's not too far away. I will meet them at the offices over by Harvard so they can save on the postage. They don't have to mail me any kind of paperwork. I will meet them there and tell them to make sure Mark is there, too, because I know Mark, you know, he's a little sensitive about people not saying things directly to his face. Right. So so tell Mark Henry's Harvard lawyers that the Duke will meet him and them at the offices in Harvard and I'm such a I'm such a swell kind of guy I will even bring one of those special meatball sandwiches that I know Mark loves so much because that's the word around town Mark loves those meatball sandwiches but the special ones you know the special ones I'll bring one of those and as Mark is devouring the special meatball sandwiches, I will look Mark Henry in his eyes and his Harvard lawyers as my witnesses 
And I will tell Mark Henry to his face because I don't want him to feel, you know, sensitive about this. I want to make sure that I'm helping him in every way that I possibly can. I will tell Mark Henry to his face in front of his Harvard lawyers as he eats the meatball sandwich. Mark Henry, you are a disrespectful meatball sandwich eating jerk. No one asked for a hip hop album. No one wants a hip hop album. We ask for equitable diversity from AEW. And you do not have any way, shape, or form, any kind of, of authority to deliver on this. So why do you keep putting yourself out front as if you do? Because if you did, why don't we have it? Okay? I'll say it to his face in front of the Harvard lawyers with the special meatball sandwiches. That's the kind of swell guy. And because the Pope told me, I don't have to worry about cancel culture. So there it is. I'm telling you, folks, I, I feel like we're living in the twilight zone with some of these these humanoids here. It's ridiculous and it's insulting. They have convinced the people who make sense that we're the problem. Right. It's 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 fascinating. I was looking at a at an exchange that I had with Tony Khan back in 2019 when this when this, uh, you know, this young man who has the rich daddy with the with the with the cool mustache. You know, I think he's the the guy who started and stopped the pigeon. He, that's who he reminds me of. Stop the pigeon. Stop the pigeon. That's who he reminds me of. Um, Tony jumped in my inbox talking crazy to me. You know, I've covered this, this on the show before. And I told Tony. I don't really. You know, care how you feel about this, Tony. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I want to make sure that you're clear. I'm going to call out the fact that you're not featuring more than one women's match per week on your television shows. And I'm going to call out the fact that black male singles wrestlers are not being featured as top stars. They're not in the title hunt. I said this to Tony Khan back in 2019, folks. And I have the proof of that. And you can look at my my social media tweets you can listen to the show you can go back in time and you'll hear me say it in those moments too but i actually said it directly to tony himself so there's no confusion about where the issues are right and we're still talking about it in 2022 and when someone who is actually under contract and actually on the receiving end of these systemic issues because that's what we're really talking about when we point out these problems it, it's systemic because it keeps happening, even though they told us that they were going to deliver something else. Right. So when, when, a, when a person who is under contract points out these problems and the response is to basically tar and feather this woman, she has problems, as the captain would say. Or, you know, she didn't show up to the lean on me schools, as Mark Henry would say, tar and feather this woman. You know, Tony Khan himself, she she wasn't good enough. Paraphrasing, you know. When your response is that, and then you follow up that with a hip-hop album to celebrate Black History Month, but you do not give us more than one women's match on your television program per week, and you do not give us black male singles wrestlers being featured as top stars, at least, you know, somewhere as top contenders in the top five consistently. What you're telling us is, this is all a joke to you. What you're telling us is, you don't care. What you're telling us is, do something about it. 
I mean, I, that, I mean, that's what I feel like here. They're, they're, they're challenging everyone to show how much you actually care about these issues. And they're going to do a, a, a parody. I'll literally just give you a hip hop album. Come on. So, so what's next? Are we getting a bucket of fried chicken and some watermelon to go along with that, too? Are we going to get a hoedown? Like, what, what's up? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's embarrassing and it's insulting, quite frankly. But I'm not surprised. And I want to make something clear because there, there are people who are part of that company and good people. And I know that there's some good people who are going to be part of that, that hip hop compilation album. And those folks, I don't know how we got to this point where they feel like they have to stand out front. And even those who are closest to them feel they have to stand out front and take the hits as people point out that this hip hop album stuff is just ridiculous. Listen, let me let me say something to everybody who's part of this hip hop album project. It's not about you. You're not the problem. No one is concerned about you. Not in that way. This isn't this isn't something for you to take hits on. Okay. Respect to you and your craft and your abilities. I hope that it's as successful as it can be. I hope you make some money. I hope you own your masters. The whole nine yards. I hope this is this is a start of something great for all of you. But the criticism over this has to do with the systemic issues that have been brought to light. The systemic issues that we've been calling out all along as it relates to all elite wrestling. And we're not going to stop. And the fact that the best that they could do at this point is give us a hip hop album to celebrate celebrate Black History Month, as opposed to actually doing something about the systemic issues that have been brought to light. That is ridiculous. Please stop putting yourself out front and taking the hits for this. This isn't even your fight. The people responsible are not you. Okay, I want to make that clear because there's some good people. Look, somebody like Leo Rush who is just trying to support his family, just trying to live, man. I don't want to be sitting here talking crazy to Leo Rush. I like Leo Rush. And I, and I, you know what? I feel like Leo Rush, for the most part, is a pretty misunderstood person. And I know that Leo Rush was the first person to jump out front and call out Tony Khan when the nonsense was going down. I know Leo Rush took hits for that because people would not support him in that company, Right? Because nobody wanted to compromise their personal position to stand up for what's right, like Leo Rush did. And meanwhile, the meatball eater himself, the meatball sub-eater himself, special meatball sub, Mark Henry, right? The lean on me school turnaround guy, right? He's sitting there continuing to giggle himself out because him and those Harvard lawyers that he threatened Leo Rush with before, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he couldn't wait to celebrate when Leo Rush had to walk back calling out Tony Khan. We're not, there's no beef with, with anybody who's on, who's part of that record. Come on, man. I'm not going to go there. You've, you're being used. You're being used as tools to window dress and to do the bare minimum when this is not even something anybody asked for. 
I, I don't fault anybody for participating in this. I feel bad that you're having to be associated with nonsense. But, you know, that's for another day. So, again, and if anyone is 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 purposely targeting folk who are on that album and giving them a hard time for being on that album, I don't I don't agree with that. Let me make that clear. I don't agree with that. My criticism is 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 with the office. Okay? And everybody who tries to act as if they are speaking on behalf of the office, even those who have no authority, they have no position, they don't have the cachet to speak on behalf of the office. Shoe shiners, special meatball sub eaters with the Harvard lawyers. And hey, don't forget the captain. <laughs> 2022, man, I'm telling you right now. All you all you wokesters, all you cancel culture types, all you folks who, who got the skinny jeans, you need to pull up your skinny jeans, get top shelf. Stop playing games, man. Stop accepting the bare minimum. Stop accepting nonsense, especially when they try to pull the wool over your eyes and tell you, hey, man, this is what you get. We're not going to actually give you anything of substance. We're going to give you a hip hop album to celebrate Black History Month while we continue to bury black folk on television if we even feature them at all. We're going to continue to treat women as if they are less than their male counterparts, especially their white male counterparts, if we even feature them at all. We are going to continue to dump on anyone who has been under contract with that company and who calls out some of these systemic issues. If they ever do it again at all. This is what they're saying to us. And my question to you, all of you out there who continue to support this nonsense. Where's the line? Is there a line? Is there is there a point when you like, hey, man, enough is enough. We can't rock with this. Where is it? Seriously, where is it? Because there's a lot of wokesters out there who, who are lining up. Left and right, they want to discredit, they want to shout down, they want to dox, they want to cancel, they want to silence those of us who have nothing to lose here. I'm going to tell you right now, part of the reason why I I rock on my own here and do my own thing is because, look, man, I can't be in a position where I can't speak up and speak out. Okay, I was raised this way. This is who I am. And if you talk to anybody who knows me, they'll let you know. No, man, that's who he is. And most importantly, this is who I was always supposed to be in life. The guy with the voice who will speak up for those who feel that they're voiceless. And who will bring to light systemic issues and attack those issues. And will do their part to make it possible for others to come along and help change that which needs to be changed. That's what we're about here, Jack. So to all of Mark Henry's Harvard lawyers, don't forget, you're just a few stops away, baby. I'm ready when you are. Make sure Mark's there. The special meatball sub, I'll get it nice and ready for him. This is Tony Giovanni, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>